Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, and welcome to the Jewel Network Science Broadcast Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom, which promotes and sustains the activation of present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolutionary planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the science of life and the science of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you'll be enabled to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to Deborah's Healing Kitchen with your host, author, speaker, and myth culinary expert with Dr. Joel Pukun's EQ Medicine Professional Alliance, Miss Deborah Peak Haynes. Hello, welcome to Deborah's Healing Kitchen. I am Deborah Peak Haynes, and today we are coming to you with information that will hopefully inspire you to live a healthier life, a higher quality of life. And with that, I want to introduce a dynamic, dynamic sister that I've known for quite some time. She's not a dyna- just a dynamic sister, but she is an MD and has had a wonderful reputation for helping so many people in the community. And I just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Jill Wagner, for allowing me to interview you on my podcast today. I know you are going to give wonderful information to the listeners, and you always have an uplifting personality. And so, Dr. Jill Wagner, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your practice today to speak with me. Could you please say hello and just give us a brief (laughs) summary about you. I know we don't have that much time, so it's a lot to say about you. But give us a brief summary about Dr. Jill Wagner. Well, first of all, Deb, let me say thank you so much for inviting me to come and have this conversation with you. Uh, I am a family practice doc, you know that already, Um, have studied integrative and functional medicine for the last probably 15 years or so, just finished a um, certification from Cornell University on plant-based nutrition because I thought that was real important. And, you know, I've been family practice for forever, pretty close to 30 years, and now I'm still family practice, but I have switched to something called concierge medicine. Mm -hmm. So I am doing that, and we can talk about that a little bit later on. Um, And I I really have an interest, and you know this, um, I think we share this together uh, with trying to help people to understand that one of the most important things you can do for your health is to feed yourself well. And so, you know, food is so important. So uh, I spend a lot of time with that and kind of teaching people about those things and trying to get us to understand 
understand that disease is not something that you're just walking down the street and bump into. Mm-hmm. It is something that you do have some control over. So I think, you know, I, I've got kids, you know, that already I have two beautiful daughters and right. uh, our children went to preschool together. Yes. Okay, that's how, that's how far we go back uh, yeah. to preschool together and uh, and married and I've done, I've written seven or eight books, something like that. So that's that's pretty much it. Well, Dr. Jill, that is a lot. That is a lot. You've been doing a lot. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So I had the privilege of being a part of one of your cooking classes recently, mm-hmm. and uh, I just would like for you just to tell a brief summary of, of what led you to a more plant-based diet, personally. Um, I, I've kind of done it off and on, you know, because I know that nutrition is just so important. So I've gone back and forth. There was a period of time that I was uh, pretty much vegan, and I did that for about three years, and then Mm -hmm. I went back and I started eating meat again, and it kind of creeped, you know, more and more into my diet. But what I know is that I feel my best Mm -hmm. when I am eating mostly plants. And just a little story, when I was a kid, you I grew up in the 60s. I did not like meat, did not like the taste of it, did not like the texture of it, mm. and just didn't want it. But in those days, they thought if you didn't eat meat, you wouldn't be healthy. Right. And so I remember being a little girl and the pediatrician saying to my mother, hold her vegetables until mm-hmm. she eats her meat. And so wow. you have to give her. Yeah, chicken or fish sticks or something, and she has to eat that before she eats her vegetables or don't let her have them. So for me, it was kind of innate not to eat meat, but I have over the years. And then as I started to study more, uh, to do intense study on what specific things in your diet do to the body, I really, as I looked at um, particularly the China study, and I know there are some people who have looked at that and just looked at that and the research they did subsequent to that study that showed as little as 20% of your calories being from animal protein can increase your risk of cancers and other diseases significantly. Uh, and then looking at the research on what just growing, uh, raising cattle and that kind of stuff is doing to our planet right. really made me think I just cannot be a scientist and understand this. It right. is irresponsible for me not to act on it. Wow, wow. Well, that that is so good, and I really appreciate, you know, that you are very authentic about what you're teaching and practicing, and I know some people think that I eat a certain way all the time, but yeah. I think it's good to know we all go back and forth with some things. Like there's some things I'm just not, I'm just not going to eat any red meat. I'm just, that's just out. We're not going to do right. that. However, with the diet, Sometimes you vary, but I agree with you. When I'm eating my plant-based diet, that's when I feel my best. So thank you for 
sharing that with us. So, you know, you've had such a great reputation for including natural approach approaches in your practice. So just mm-hmm. wanted to know, have you ever gotten any pushback from the medical community? Because I know, talk to your patients, they are very, very inspired <laughs> by you. But, you know, sometimes the medical community can be very narrow-minded. So have you had any pushback? Oh, sure. Particularly early on, I remember when I first started practicing medicine and I would send patients who had carpal tunnel syndrome or something to the neurologist, uh, and, but I also would start them on, on vitamin B, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there were studies early on that said that vitamin B helped to calm nerves, and if you were having nerve pain, you wanted to make sure that those patients had adequate vitamin B. And I remember one of my patients came back, and she said, don't send me to that neurologist anymore. And I said, why? She said, because he says that you are quacky. No. And I said, he said, what? She said, he said, you are quacky. You know Jill is quacky. She's out there. She does weird stuff. Now, of course, admittedly, that was almost 30 years ago, but today, 30 years later, almost every neurologist that you go to for any kind of nerve pain will say, are you taking vitamin D? I mean, vitamin B. So Mm -hmm. that is kind of now it has come into the mainstream. So, yes, I have uh, had pushback, but being a black woman in the world, Mm-hmm. I have learned. <laughs> right, right. We know that, about that. <laughs> well, what? You know about pushback. So right. what you know for sure is when you know that what you are doing comes from a good and authentic place and right. you know what you know, you just stand on what you know and wait for people to catch up to you or not. Right, I know exactly. that I know that it makes people better, and so better is better. You can't argue with that. So the pushback has been an issue, but it 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 really has not deterred me. That's great. That's great. So you know, with all the talk about, and, and you know, of course, we know this, but it's like the world's mm-hmm. catching up, particularly in this country. The talk about the disparities in African American community that's made us very vulnerable during this right. time. Uh, you know, with the coronavirus, um, how have your patients responded to your practical suggestions that could really help many of us overcome, you know, these chronic conditions we we have? So have you had a lot of pushback with your patients, or are they pretty much open when they come to you? I think at this point in my career that most of the people that I get as patients actually select um, me as a healthcare provider because they know they will have somebody who is open to different kinds of healing modalities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, initially when I was taking patients that just got assigned to me by their insurance company or something like that, that was an issue. But now people come to me for that reason. They come to me because they know that my go-to is not always a prescription. You know, we talk about other things. So I don't get much pushback anymore. I will tell you, though, where I get pushback sometimes is because wives will send their husbands, right? Oh, yeah. So would you please help me with him? Right. And he is sitting there, and I'm saying, look, you should. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm, no, I'm not giving up my bacon. Okay, well, okay, fine. (laughs) 
and I would look at her and say, he's grown, you know. Right. We can't make him do anything he doesn't want to do. Um, right. So that's probably the, 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 the pushback that I get. Right. But and, that's but rare. Isn't that amazing, though? What I find frustrating, you know, because I talk to people all the time, what I find frustrating is that we somehow have adopted this mentality that whatever the condition is, it just came out the clear blue sky. Right, right. And that there was no personal responsibility. Now, we know there are many issues in our community that have to do with environmental health, you know, just health care. So there's a lot that's in the system that's against us. At the same time, we have adopted some habits that have really caused us to be in a place that we should not be in. Yeah. So connecting those dots, I I find frustrating. So has has have you find that to be frustrating as well? You know, it is extremely frustrating. Um, I had a new patient this week. Uh, had been to several emergency rooms and was having some respiratory issues that she thought, of course, could be the virus. And so she'd been tested, tested negative, and had the respiratory issues, but not really all of the symptoms for the virus. Mm-hmm. And um, so somebody recommended, said, you know, try to see if you can get in with Dr. Wagner. So I saw her as a new patient. And we actually did a televisit for our, our because, you know, now we're trying not to have people come in uh, right. for, you know, on exposure on both sides. And so we went through the whole conversation about what are you doing, what are your symptoms, that kind of thing. And so at as we neared the end of our initial part of the visit, I said, so what is your diet like? Mm-hmm. And she held up for me to see a bag of candy. Mm. And she said, I live on this and sodas. Oh, my goodness. And so I said to her, you will not get well. Right. On you you want what will not and so then I explained to her about you know how sugar suppresses your immune system and right. you know we went through that and I said so this is what I need you to do cut out the sodas cut out the candy I need you to do vegetables and drink water and so you know I gave her these recommendations and sent her in a prescription and in three days she was better. Wonderful. And she said to me, nobody's ever told me that th- that there was a connection <laughs> wow. between rest. I know. And so I think today, is it that we are not saying it to people or do they not hear us or do they not believe it? I I cannot figure out. Yeah, how in 2020 you are not in some way aware of the right. fact that what you consume, um, you know, affects what you, what your outcome is. So I think we, and I appreciate what you do because you've done this for years. I remember when you first became first lady and you were just like, listen, (laughs) y'all have to do better. And, you know, it's like, what is she talking about? Right, exactly. Y'all are going to die, you know. (laughs) <laughs> you don't eat better. But uh, I think connecting the dots dots for us is still something that has not quite clicked. 
Right. And you know what? I yeah. think it's good that we not make assumptions because <clears throat> with all the information that is floating around, I mean, on television, on the Internet, because yeah. I would make the same assumptions like, well, how how have you not heard some of this before? But to your point, I run into many people that yeah. have not heard it and then those that hear it and don't believe it. Yeah. So it's just really baffling. But we just have to keep up, you know, the fight yeah. and just make sure that we can, you know, help as many people as possible. And I know it's rewarding when you can actually see what you're doing and that it's working and they get it. I mean, that's just yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> so now with um, the virus going on and, you know, you mm-hmm. and I have spoken about immune boosters, mm-hmm. uh, would you like to share with some immune boosters that you personally like th- during this time? Because I've had mm-hmm. people ask me, you know, what can I do naturally? So mm-hmm. is, are there any immune boosters that you would like to, you know, just share with our listeners? Well, uh, you know, everybody says eat healthy. I don't know that people know what that means. Me. I, I, <laughs> I assume that they don't. Right. Uh, and that's not to say that people aren't really super smart, but right. I just make that assumption. Um, so first of all, what you eat is critical, so it needs to be lots of plant foods, lots of vegetables and fruit and those kinds of things. And the reason that you want to start with food because it is the basis upon which you build your health period. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that's really important in foods are the phytochemicals and phytonutrients that are in foods. And mm-hmm. and phyto means plant and nutrients and chemicals, those are obvious. Um, but there's a particular group of phytonutrients called flavonoids. Mm-hmm. And flavonoids are found in, you know, things like garlic and leafy greens and and fruit and, you know, citrus fruit and those kinds of things. But they they are antiviral. So they actually help your body fight off viruses. So you need to have that. One of the things that we've done, Deb, is we always think of of illness as an individual entity, but I think we have to think about just preparing our immune systems for whatever it encounters. So we don't wait for them to get the specific research on this specific thing, but we know if my immune system is stronger, then whatever I encounter, I am better able to fight it off, and if I do catch it, I will fare better. So if you start with the good food. Then the other things, there are some vitamins that re- and minerals that really help our immune system. You know, vitamin C is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you ought to be taking some vitamin C. So eat, particularly with the coronavirus, there are some studies ongoing where they are looking at people who are really, really sick from it, and they are actually giving them IV vitamin C. And so it will be a while before we see the results of that, but mm-hmm. the anecdotal results are that they are getting better. And right. so 
if you take vitamin C orally, the recommendation is to do somewhere between 1,000 to 2,000 international units. And by the way, this is not medical advice. This right. is just, you know, general advice. Um, between 1,000 and 2,000 um, milligrams a day, you do right. not want to go higher than 2,000 unless there's some spe- special circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is to help to boost your immune system. The one case, if you're doing chemotherapy, you don't want to do vitamin C mm-hmm. because vitamin C helps cells to repair themselves. So one of the things in chemotherapy is you are trying to damage those um, cancer cells so that they will die off. Mm -hmm. And so if you're taking vitamin C during chemotherapy, that can kind of interfere with that therapy. The other thing is vitamin D. You know vitamin D is very important. And those of us who have brown skin are often vitamin D deficient because of this wonderful melanin that we have in our skin. But it blocks some of the sun's rays, so we are not uh, able to convert uh, or to to manufacture vitamin D. Um, So that's important. And zinc is very, very important. You can't really find zinc anywhere right now because people have read that zinc, you need anywhere from 20 to, to to 40 milligrams a day. If you stay around 20 milligrams a, a day on zinc, that's good. So those are some things that you just start off with and probiotics to help your your gut uh, to stay healthy because most of your uh, immune system is in your gut. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But right. those are some things that just basic things right. that can help us to be healthier so we can uh, have our immune systems kind at their best. Right. You know, I wanted to mention this. There was a story on the news this morning, and it was about a fitness trainer that uh, had the virus and eventually, I think, died within a couple of weeks, and they were talking about how mm-hmm. fit he was. But and, and I don't know this person, and I don't know mm-hmm. his history, but I just wanted to say this and see what your thoughts are. I have found that some people that are physically fit and they practice, you know, great exercise, um, mm-hmm. you know, during the week and all of that, they don't necessarily eat well. Mm-hmm. They may eat a lot of protein or mm-hmm. they're not eating enough vegetables. Right. So I think that we need to look deeper that sometimes looking fit does not mean that you're really that you're well. the best health. Right, yeah. right. And, that you know, Deb, that's a, a big thing because – I often see people, I will say to my children, uh, because they will see something online or something and they're like, look at this person, I'm going to take this supplement or I'm going to take this. And, And I always say, so who are they? Right, so right. Where, where, right. No, I mean, who are they? Who, so where did they go to school? What kind of education do they have? What kind of study have they done? Or are they just blessed with muscles? Right. So, you know, muscles don't equal um, health and muscles right. don't equal uh, medical knowledge. And I think that's something because a lot of times we discount 
or we listen to information based on the physical appearance of the person because of what our what our perception of health is. And I, I think that's a very good point because um, we have to change that dialogue. Right. Um, you have to listen to the soundness of the advice. But another thing that happens sometimes uh, when we exercise too much, that will suppress our immune system. Mm. Um, if we eat too much protein, that will suppress our immune system. And then there's something that happens uh, they think it's happening in the healthier end of young people. Your immune system can over respond, respond, and you'll start to hear something like a cytokine. Uh, 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 the term is a cytokine storm, which mm. means that when your immune system really kicks in, it over. Uh, reacts, and so that causes other issues as well. So mm-hmm. there are some things that are immune mitigators mm-hmm. that will help your immune system not to do too much. So having the the good combination of, you know, the vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals and stuff that you need will also keep your immune system from being too revved up as well. So right. there, you know, there are a lot of things that can happen uh, in a case like that that can um, end up not so good. That's that's sad to hear. Yeah, well, that's that's good. Yeah. That's really good information, and that's very very helpful. And you know, when I do my um, workshops or events, you know, I try to remind the listeners that just because someone is slim doesn't yeah. mean they're healthy. Yeah. And so, you know, we want to we want to yeah. be healthy. We want to yeah. be a good weight, but we want to yeah. be healthy more than anything else. Yeah. So and I think that, that's great. Yeah, it, it's what we have to learn is you have to be as healthy as you can possibly be in the body that you have. Right. So you know, there are some people that that. Uh, are going to be just the physique is just wonderful, right? right, um, right. And you know, bless them. You know, right? right. Uh, there are some people that are going to be fluffy. Uh, right. There are some people that are going to be bone uh, thin, but right. that does not equal unhealthy necessarily. So you want to be as healthy as you can possibly be, as opposed to shooting for a number on the scale or right. shooting for a waist size or a hip size or a you know any of that what you want to shoot for is being as metabolically healthy as you can possibly be right that's that's good that is really really good now dr dill do you ever use yeah. any um essential oils at home oh girl you know i am an essential oil user <laughs> i <laughs> So I do, you know, it depends on what which essential oils you use, but, you know, there's like Thieves and On Guard and, you know, you, people mm-hmm. who know the companies, they know which ones are. But those are blends, you know, that help to fight off uh, uh, viruses and they're antiviral and antibacterial, or I won't say antiviral or antibacterial. I will say they help you um, – 
are thought to help your body react in a better way. You know, you have right. to be careful when you're right. talking about right. it. Right. <laughs> so uh, right. you can't make claims, but they have been shown to have some antiviral and, and antibacterial uh, properties. So I'm a diffuser. I'm one of those people that I uh, do some neat application uh, with things like coconut oil uh, mm-hmm. when I know which ones to do. Um, and there are some like clove oil mm-hmm. that uh, I remember when I was a little girl, my grandmother, if you had anything happening in your mouth, like, you know, if you got an abscess or a tooth that was sore or anything like that, she would have you to put a clove in it to numb right. the pain. So I use clove oil just as um you know, sometimes to do that oil pulling to help to make sure that the gums and so forth stay healthy. Uh, right. Lavender oil for relaxation. Uh, helichrysum if I've got a bruise. Uh, <laughs> peppermint oils. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I use lots of essential oils. I think um, that uh, they are something that have been around for centuries. Forever, right. Uh, forever, forever right. and ever. Uh, I was reading something not too long ago, and it was talking about, you know, the tombs and, and when they went in and, and um, you know, started going into those tombs where the pharaohs were and that kind of stuff, what they found that people left the gold, mm. but they took the oils. Mm. Wow. So when archaeologists went in, if grave robbers had been in before, they took the oils and left the gold. Isn't that major? Doesn't that say a lot? That's really, really major. But then you you think about reading in scriptures, you're always, you know, reading about myrrh and frankincense. Yeah, frankincense. Yeah, so all of these things are so important. And I think one good thing about this time in our life, people are a lot more open because like yeah. you said, this has been here forever, but we discounted them, the westernized yeah. way of thinking. You discounted yeah. them, but those of us know that this has helped us for centuries. For centuries. Yeah. For and, centuries. And even our, yeah. our grandparents and great-grandparents, like my, my mother told me when she was growing up, whenever they had a fever, you know, there was a bunch of kids in the house, my grandmother would pick dandelion leaves and boil mm-hmm. the leaves, and they all had mm-hmm. to drink the dandelion tea. And mm-hmm. I said, well, yeah, that was great for their liver. And so mm-hmm. anyway, she said their fevers always went down. Mm-hmm. And so women knew what to do when yep. they had to make do. Yep, so, they did. Mullen, dandelion, all of those stuff. Uh, kinds of things they use forever to make us better. Right, right. So yeah. we have to be more open. 